You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Live Devotions. Thank you for joining me today. Horror of those who don't know God is the title of this devotion. I know that sounds a bit strange. Horror of those who don't know God. You see, there is a terrible loss for the soul, for the household, for the community, for the nation that doesn't know God. Because we can see throughout history the degradation in society that shuns God, that spurns God and his laws. In 1963, in the United States, they banned the Bible from schools. And you could see the painful downhill trend in that nation since that time. And of course, in Britain, we can see what has happened with society that begins to act like God is not the center of the community. And don't, don't, don't take me wrong and think that I'm all pessimistic by any means, I'm not. I mean, I, I am really excited actually to see a great revival, but we need one, don't we? We need society to be awakened to the love and the truth of the only true living God who is the savior of all mankind, the scripture says. And the devotion I have for you today might be a little bit longer, but it is something that is really grabbed me afresh and anew in my heart. And I wanna start reading here with Romans chapter one, and we could see the horror of those who don't know God. And look what it says here in Romans chapter 1, starting at verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of man who suppress the truth in unrighteousness because what may be known of God is manifest in them for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore, God also gave them up in the uncleanness, in the lust of their hearts to dishonor their bodies among themselves and so forth. And it says, they became filled with unrighteousness sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. 
They were whisperers, that mean gossips, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but approve those who practice them. Now that's what, just reading, that makes my tummy up, pull in. That's such a grief to the Holy Spirit, the horror of those who don't know God and how the downward spiral is so painful and causes so much degradation and pain and how important it is that we, dear friends, appreciate that light has been sown into the darkness of our hearts and that now we know Him. We know Him, the only true living God who has revealed Himself through all that He has made and who is perfectly made manifest in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. But you see, the heart needs that revelation, that light. It is a gift of God that He has given to us through Jesus because you see it says here, in Ephesians 4, verse 17. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility, emptiness, worthlessness of their mind, having their understanding darkened. He explains what he means by futility of their minds, having their understanding darkened by being alienated from the life of God because, why are they alienated from the life of, of God? Why is their understanding darkened? Because of the ignorance that's in them, the blindness of their hearts, and being past feeling, have given themselves over to lewdness, open ungodliness. In other words, unashamed ungodliness, which is where we are in society today, to work on uncleanness and greediness. But you have no, not so learned Christ if you have been taught by Him. There is without question a phenomenal distinction between those who know God and those who do not know God. And friends, I know that there are people that don't know God and they get on in life and it all seems to be all good for them, all fine, no problem. But when David observed the life of those who didn't know God and their successes and prosperity, he almost slipped and fell in his faith, he says in Psalm 73, because he was thinking, why make this effort of self-denial and devotion for God when those who don't know Him have it better? And then he says, what an animal I was, in other words, thoughtless in my thinking to even consider such a thing when you showed me their end. And listen, friends, it says here in Ezekiel chapter 33, verse 10 and 11, Therefore you, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, thus you say, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, and we pine away in them, how can we live? You see, 
The first and foremost sorrow of not knowing God is that you are by yourself. And the nature of sin is part of your flesh and it lays upon you. And it makes you pine away in boredom, worthlessness, emptiness. Why? Because there's nothing that can satisfy the soul of man than a personal relationship with the Heavenly Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what we were created for, to enjoy fellowship with the Father and to emanate, embody His glory, His character, His nature, in which we find the whole purpose of our existence to be like Him, to be conformed to His image and transformed into His likeness. That's the whole purpose of our existence, to embody the only true living God. But if we don't know Him, we pine away in the failings of our own nature. And eventually you'll see, no matter how hard you work, it's never going to be enough. No matter how much money you have, it's never going to be enough. No matter how much entertainment, how much physical gratification, it's never enough. Why not? Because we cannot find the fulfillment of our purpose in these things. While God will gladly give you all these things, what He longs for is for you to enjoy fellowship with Him first. And the Lord says, Say to Israel, my children, O son of man, say to the house of Israel, Thus you say, if our transgressions and our sins lie upon us, we pine away in them. How can we live? That word pine is the word waste away. We waste away in them. So say to them, as I live, says the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn, turn from your evil ways. For why should you die, O house of Israel? What is evil? And I know we can make a whole list of things that are evil, and they are. But fundamentally, the Bible warns, against, warns us to guard against an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God in Hebrews chapter 3. You see what causes evil to find us Many times we can see how it affects others, but we can't see how it affects us. Is that our hearts become darkened through unbelief. We become ignorant and alienated from the life of God. We do not enjoy that daily fellowship with Him. And our hearts become darkened and cold through the deceitfulness of the pleasures of this world. And we turn away from the living God. That is what the Bible really tells us to guard against. And then he says here in chapter 18 of Ezekiel, verse 21, But if a wicked man turns from all his sins, which he has committed, keeps all my statutes, and does what's lawful and right, he shall surely live, he shall not die. Oh, I love this next verse 22 of Ezekiel, chapter 18. None of the transgressions which he has committed shall be remembered against him. Because of the righteousness which he has done, he shall live. Because he's turned away from a cold heart, 
an indifferent heart, a heart that starts unbelieving and turning away from God because he's repented and said, Lord, forgive me. I've allowed my heart to grow cold. Lord, forgive me that I've turned away from you. Lord, forgive me that I worship everything else but you. Lord, forgive me that I've entertained all these lusts and all these other things instead of being satisfied in you. Lord, I repent and come to you. I want to be satisfied in you, complete in you. You are my refuge. You who are my refuge have become my dwelling place. Psalm 91 verse 8. And you begin to just worship God and turn your heart back to Him. And righteousness comes into you through the Holy Spirit by faith in Jesus Christ. And all the sins that reproached you, that shamed you, will not be held against you. They will evaporate. They will evaporate. They will have no more charge against you because it will become obvious to everybody that your heavenly Father's love is upon you, that His face is shining in you. And the Lord says here, none of the transgressions which He has committed shall be remembered against Him. Do I have pleasure at all that the wicked should die, says the Lord God, and not that He should turn from His way and live? You see, friends, being sorry is one thing, and that's an important part of a change in life. But God wants more than just us being sorry for the way that was wrong. He wants us to turn, which means to repent, turn away from what is unholy, ungodly, unrighteous, and turn to Him. It's not just a turning away from what's wrong, it's turning to Him that is the answer. And that is what the Lord is looking for. And I read this scripture here in Proverbs chapter 24. And I just couldn't shake it. It just kept coming back to me in my prayer. I always knew verse 10 of Proverbs 24. It says there, when you faint in a day of adversity, your strength is little. And so that verse I've always known but I don't know how I didn't connect with verse 11 and 12, but recently that verse just keeps coming to my thoughts and listen to it. Proverbs 24, verse 11 and 12. Deliver those who are drawn toward death and hold back those stumbling to the slaughter. If you say, surely we did not know this, does not he who weighs the hearts consider it? He who keeps your soul, does he not know it? And will he not render to each man according to his deeds? Now, I've read that in different translations. And here in the Passion Translation, I'll read it to you how it says it there. It just helps you catch it. Go, rescue the perishing, be their savior. Why would you stand back and watch them stagger to their death? And why would you say, but it's none of my business? The one who knows you completely and judges your every motive is also the keeper of souls and not just yours. He sees through your excuses and holds you responsible for failing to help those whose lives are threatened. Oh my goodness, my goodness. Did you hear that? He sees 
through your excuses and holds you responsible for failing to help those whose lives are threatened. It just kept coming to my heart. Friends, the horror of those who don't know God and not just to leave them and not just to not think about them. Oh, I've just turned up prayer and I'm believing for opportunities to reach them. I'm believing for occasions to reach them. And I've really turned up my prayer for those that I know who are in the horror of not knowing God. They live in the darkness. They, they, they're ignorant and, and completely oblivion to His presence. And many times those people do cry out to the Lord. And I want to be one of these shepherds that I read about here years ago and it touched my heart when I read this verse here in Jeremiah chapter 23, verse four. I will set up shepherds over them who will feed them and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, nor shall they be lacking, says the Lord. When I read that verse, I said, yes, Lord, grant me to be one of these shepherds that feed the people with your life and love and your living word at every opportunity, not just in the pulpit, not just on these devotions, but when I walk through the stores or on the streets or anywhere I am, grant me to live ready to give a word in season. It says in Isaiah 50 verse four, he awakened me morning by morning and opened my ear and taught my tongue to speak as the learned for how good it is to speak a word in season to him who's weary. And I've always taken these scriptures to heart. But if you go a little bit further to verse 22, listen to what this says here in Jeremiah 23, verse 22. If they had stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. Am I a God near at hand, says the Lord? another God afar off? Can anyone hide himself in the secret places? So I shall not see him, says the Lord. Do I not fill heaven and earth, says the Lord? In other words, the Lord sees those of us who are near to him, who stand in his presence to hear his counsel, to be empowered with his life-giving words, to be able to speak a word in season to precious souls to see them turn, but he also sees them that are far off, that are lost, that are pining away in their own failings and weaknesses and they, they hate themselves and they're hurt because they realize the way I am is ruining me. The way I'm acting is ruining me, but they don't know where to go for help. Jesus said in Matthew 9 verse 38, he says, they're like sheep without a shepherd and their troubles are so great, but they don't know where to go for help. Therefore pray ye, the Lord of the harvest has sent forth laborers into his harvest. Oh, it says those of you in verse 28 of Jeremiah 23, who have his word, those of you who have my word, let him speak my word faithfully. Oh, I so believe that today, God would have us ready 
for every opportunity. The Bible, Peter says to live ready in season and out of season to be able to speak God's word. And, you know, I love the Apostle Paul in this amazing chapter 20 of the book of Acts. I mean, the whole book is phenomenal and it's 28 chapters, but that chapter 20, wow, he's in Miletus speaking to the leaders of the church of Ephesus. And he says to them many beautiful, amazing things, but he says in verse 27, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. And remember what I read to you here in Jeremiah 23, right? That scripture so grabs me and it pulls on my inner man in prayer. He says, if they had stood in my counsel and it caused my people to hear my words, then they would have turned them from their evil way and the evil of their doings. I want to keep standing in the counsel of the Lord. I want to keep standing, keep standing, keep standing so that I may speak His words and provide what people are looking for, how to turn away from what is pining them away, ruining their lives. People don't know where to go. They don't know how to turn away. Yes, they may say, oh, wretched man am I, but they don't know where to go for help. And we are able to bring that helping grace to them. And all of a sudden they feel the presence of God. All of a sudden they feel the love of God. All of a sudden they feel the faith of God because it lives in us. It comes out of us through the words we speak. And even if we just say, hi, hey, been thinking about you. Just good to see you. And boom, that breath of life comes out of us by opening our mouth and they hear the words of God coming to their heart, providing them a way of escape. And Paul says here in Acts 20, I have not shunned, I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseas to shepherd the church of God, which is which he purchased with his own blood. To shepherd is not to control, manipulate, domineer, to say, you're under me, you're submitted to me, I'm over. That, that spirit has nothing to do with being a good shepherd. Never. Not even David had that kind of heart. He prayed, Father, you submit the people under me. I share with them your love, your grace. Come on, just because you're a minister or a leader doesn't make you a master. You can't be intimidated if not everybody acts like you're the boss. You shouldn't even seek to be the boss, seek to be a servant, seek to be a humble example by living it every day and by encouraging and loving and upholding and empowering and most of all praying, praying, praying for the precious people. So I plead with you today live in His counsel so that you may have others hear His words, so that others may hear His word in you and turn and be freed from the suffering and hardships. I pray that you take this word to heart and that the Holy Spirit breathes fresh breath into your heart and mind today to serve the Lord. Amen. Have a good day.